This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. On this episode of the show, we're going back to the archives, this time to March 13th, 2019, when I had the honor of having personal and executive master certified coach Joshua Miller on the show. He has over 425,000 followers on LinkedIn, so he's kind of a big deal. But because this is episode 92 of the show, you probably would never find it. That's why I'm rebroadcasting it on this episode of the Mark Chichesky Podcast from the archives with Mr. Joshua Miller. Joshua, thank you for being on the podcast today. You got it. Thank you for having me, Mark. So, Josh, why don't you share with us how you structure a typical day? I know you're an entrepreneur like I am, and yeah. I'm curious to know, what does your typical workday look like? It's a great question. Um, so my alarm, which, by the way, is internal at this point, uh, goes off anywhere between 2.55 and 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm a firm believer um, and I've done the studies, I've participated in them, I've read them about morning habits and routines and rituals and mindset and gratitude and what works and what doesn't. And honestly, at the end of the day, it really comes down to what's going to work for you. And I, and I, 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 I preach this uh, all the time because it's very easy to just latch on to the next greatest trend or article or model or theory, but it's really about uh, practice, application, and then seeing what works for you. So for me, I, uh, I typically get up at 3 a.m. I do about seven minutes of uh, mindful meditation, and then I uh, religiously have my uh, water with lemon and some some supplements and vitamins, and um, I go to the gym. I work out, and I typically do that for probably about an hour, depending on what I'm doing, to an hour and 15 minutes. Then it's, it's, it's you know, get back home, shower, eat breakfast, and uh, then I look at my calendar, and then I check my emails. So checking emails is typically the last thing I do because, you know, one of the studies that have shown, and, and I, I do believe this, is that as soon as your focus becomes about somebody else or other people's problems or things that are going on, it takes the focus off of you. And I'm a big believer in priming your brain and priming your day and priming your success. It's predicated on on giving back to you, right? So really be thankful and and thoughtful about yourself first. And a lot of people have are challenged with that because they think it's selfish or it's awkward or it feels weird. But I'm a, a big believer that when you um, put yourself in a state of uh, gratitude and focus on, you know, what you have, work your plan, plan your work type of thing, the day is is astronomically uh, better. And plus exercise in, in first thing in the morning. I'm a huge believer in the endorphins and, and getting your, uh, your body and your mind right. So, you know, once I'm checking my emails, and I have my plan. I have a, a a sheet that I've been using. I learned this in coaching about twenty, uh, probably twenty one years ago. It's a really simple way to map out your tasks for the day, and I've been using it for probably twenty years. And I still use it to this day. And I take out a pencil or a pen, and I have it on a sheet of paper. I mean, there are times where I've moved it to to the cloud and to you know Evernote and so on and so forth. But I'm a big believer in still writing things out. As much as I have my lists and tasks on on my phone and on my computer, there's something about mind mapping and anchoring what you're doing and the art of just handful writing and thinking things through. So I do that. And as soon as my day, I'm ready to go, it's usually around 5 a.m. that I just, I get on my first call, typically, depending on wherever that person may be around the world, time zone wise. And I always have an hour 
scheduled, blocked out, no matter where I am or what I'm doing for, for lunch. Uh, another huge, huge thing that I work with people on and, and, and constantly I get asked about is diet and food. And how does that play into success and productivity? And it's, it's, a, it's an enormous part of it. You know, what you put into your body is going to fuel you or, or not, right? I mean, you wouldn't get a, a super sports car and put regular gasoline in it. There's a reason they tell you to put in the highest octane level because it's about performance. It's going to make that car and that engine work at its optimal level. And that's no different than us as human beings. So I think it's really important to watch what you put into your body. You know, it's, it's funny. The other uh, two days ago, I was at a client's. And they had, and I was doing a, a workshop and they said, oh, well, we'll, we'll bring, you know, lunch will be taken care of and everything. Uh, you know, what would you like? And I said, well, what are you offering? And they're like, oh, well, we're bringing in pizza and sandwiches and all stuff. And I said, can we do something different? They said, well, why? And I said, well, why? Of course, the coach and me, I'm like, well, why do you think? Not that they were, you know. And of course, they start, you know, they're, they're, they're. They're looking at me like, why did we hire this guy, right? And I'm thinking, no, no, just, just, I said, just, just humor me for a moment. And they, and it took them a while. I mean, it's not, you know, and they said, oh, well, it's messy. And I was like, wow, it's interesting. Okay. So yeah, it could be messy, but it's really just about the, the overdose of carbs, right? The, the people are going to fall asleep. And the way that, you know, we have this whole thing structured is the afternoon se session or portion is, is really about diving into their own uh, greatness and, and their inner self. And that's not going to work too well if they're falling asleep. Like, oh, that's a good point. So what should we do? I said, well, let's think about having more higher protein types of uh, options, you know. And, um, and so we changed up the entire menu. And, and not to my surprise, but to some other people's, the engagement level was uh, much higher which obviously made me as a facilitator a lot happier. So lunch is a critical, critical piece of the puzzle. But then the other thing is knowing when to shut off, right? I think with entrepreneurs and people who are just passionate in general, they have a hard time knowing, you know, when they're, when they've redlined, how far to use the, the car analogy or metaphor, you know, how, how many miles they can still drive on empty. And over the years, I've learned that, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, I'm not in my twenties, I have to know when to set those boundaries right? When, when enough is enough. And for me, I have a rule that at 7 PM, all technology is off. I'm with my family. That's it done. If I haven't handled what I need to handle by 7 PM, it can wait. The world won't end. Uh, at least I hope it's not going to end. So I'm really <laughs> pretty clear that in terms of being productive, you also have to be even more clear on what your, what's most important to you and then really delineate you know, your commitments around how are you going to prioritize your day inside of those commitments? So family, you know, people always like to say family first. Okay. But I look at a lot of the people that say family first and their family is third, mm. right? So I'm a big believer that if you're going to say something, back it up. And as a coach and as someone who is visible on multiple platforms to different people, especially my clients and also my kids and my, and my wife, I don't want to say one thing and do the other. Uh, so a big part of being productive is also your integrity level, your word. You know, there's a there's a um, a very famous quote which I probably mix up a little bit, but you know, it's like you know, people will uh, you know they'll they'll listen to what you say, but they'll remember what you do, mm. right? And when it comes to productivity, you know, I read the articles: seven ways to be productive, ten things successful people don't do in the morning, nine things like all that stuff is great. But how many people actually apply it? 
you get that like moment of, well, that's, man, I feel really inspired. That was a great article, but they're going to go right back to hitting the snooze button. You know <laughs> yes. what I'm saying? Yes. Our family will go right back to being number three again. So, you know, a lot of times clients come to me, the one thing that they want to work on is their time management which I love, right? Let's dig into it. Where are the, you know, the, what I call the time bandits? Where are the things that, you know, are robbing you, uh, you know, slowly? It's like the slow leak. It's that, that, it's that drip in the faucet that you're like, ah, it's fine. I don't have to worry about it. But, you know, after a week, right, that's like 10 gallons of water. <laughs> you don't think about it, but it is. And then you're left with a water bill and you're thinking, wow, okay, maybe this is something I have to address. But it takes a month for you to get that bill in the mail that's a couple of hundred dollars over. And then now you're at the point of being reactive versus proactive. So a big part of being productive is to be clear on your commitments, be intentional about guarding, right? Creating the boundaries, intentional about serving them, um, serve yourself first and know when to shut off. So at seven o'clock, it's family time. Mm. Even if I am still, and usually I am, I've got 17 things running through my head, Right. Which brings me to the last piece, which is, you know, I talk about wellness and I talk about eating, sleep. Mm. Sleep is so critical. Now, again, you can, you can go through, just Google sleep, right? And, you know, how many billions of articles and videos and things will show up. And I've tried these things. I've even gone to sleep centers and had my sleep uh, tested because, um, thankfully to my loving wife, she says that I snore. I, of course, said that's not possible. And she, of course, said, how would you know because you're asleep? So that's how that one ended. But I went and got tested. And they said, look, you know, here, here's the reality, Joshua. You're, you're, you're not sleeping. It's not that you don't sleep long enough. It's the quality of your sleep, mm. right? So, and a lot of people think, oh, I got to get eight hours. I got to get 10 hours. Says who? That's, that's categorically not true. There's science that for every scientific fact that says you need eight hours, you can find one that, that refutes that, that says you don't. It's, it's about quality, right? Not necessarily quantity, which is why there's such great research out there about taking micro naps throughout the day, right? Because you can recharge. But again, a micro nap is not two hours. It's like less than 20 minutes. Yes. So you don't start going. <laughs> I think a lot of people confuse that. And some people have turned their jobs into micro naps. But yes. so, you know. Like members of Congress. We'll edit that part out. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, but that's my point is that, you know, productivity is not just, okay, how much stuff can I get done in a day? We all have high achievers in us. You know, some of us are more in touch with it than others. Right. But we all want to feel like we've we've been productive, you know, citizens of of, of society and of our lives, right. um, some level. But some people have a weaker relationship and muscle to it. But productivity is not just a one size fits all. I think you really have to look at it from the lens of you know mind, body, and spirit, uh, health, and eating, and wellness. Um, and but most importantly, as I mentioned before, what are you committed to? Like, what's the why? I mean, I, there are people, you know, I'm at the gym at 4 a.m. in the morning or sometimes before, and it doesn't matter where I exercise, or where I work out, there's always a few people in there that are on their phones, on machines. Now, I get it. Like, I'm, you know, look, everyone's got to check emails and do certain things. I'm not going to judge people by a moment in time. But when you see the same person on the same machine over the course of X amount of time, constantly on their phone, unless it's some massive emergency, which it could be, it's like you got to start to wonder, like, what benefit are you getting out of this? Maybe you should be sleeping, right? And so 
we are so consumed by the next article, right? The next thing. It's like lean in, step out, move forward, do the tango. I don't know. And people try this stuff on and I think it's it's great to experiment, but I also think it's great to step back and ask yourself, wait a second, what am I doing this for? And is this really the best solution for me? Just because everybody goes out and gets uh, gets a Tesla. Remember, I'm living in in the San Francisco area. It doesn't mean you should go out and get a Tesla. It's like keeping up with the Joneses is now applied to not just your lifestyle in terms of house. It's like everything, habits and everything like that. So I've maybe over answered your question, but it's a, <laughs> I, it's a topic I get very passionate about because I'm, I'm extremely busy between, uh, uh, you know, I have two amazing sons, uh, an incredible wife, an incredible life. I have my own private practice and, and then I'm, I'm on site with companies, um, helping them and I'm writing books and articles and I exercise and travel and there's, uh, you know, there's, there's all sorts of things that I'm doing. And, and a lot of times people ask me, how do you do it? And I give them the same answer I just gave you, you know, it's, it's fear, first figure out what is your commitment? Like, what are the things that you want to get up early for or stay up late for, depending on how you're doing? And then why is that important to you? Because I could set my watch to the fact that at some point life will show up and derail whatever beautiful picture or portrait or future that you have painted for yourself. Of course. And if you don't have a big enough why, you will hit the snooze button in life and your productivity will 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 drain quickly well i will tell you josh joshua yeah. that is probably the most thorough answer to that first question i have ever gotten <laughs> on the history of the podcast but it was a lot really a lot of value and i do have a few follow-up questions hey there it's mark and i want to invite you to become a mark stucheski insider and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free it all happens over at mrproductivity.com Joshua, you said something that really resonated with me because I say it to my audience members. I say it to my clients. I say it to anyone who ever listened to my voice. When you said you get up between 2.55 and 3 a.m., but then you really quickly followed up with, you have to do what works for you. One of the problems people have when I when they listen to a podcast such as this, oh, I got to do what Joshua does. I have to do what Mark does. I have to do what Tony does. no. You gave the answer already. You have to do what works for you because if if you're trying to emulate someone else, I mean, certainly find out what other people are doing because obviously Tony Robbins is very successful. Obviously, I want to find out what he's doing and maybe emulate my life, but I don't want to do exactly what Tony does because I need to customize it. So I want to thank you for pointing out that you have to do what works for you. That is so important. I don't think, I think people just, they listen to that passively and they're like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. No, it's true. You have to own it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that you, that, that resonated with you. I mean, I'm, I'm a victim of buying into drinking the Kool-Aid or the kale juice or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Right. And, and I've been to Tony Robbins. Uh, I've walked on the coals. I I've, I've gone to every type of seminar and, um, and workshops and you walk at the, the thing with those types of seminars and workshops and even podcasts and, and articles is that you get inspired, you get excited. Yes. But then what right <laughs> now for a lot of the workshops, Listen, they're for profit. 
they're, they're purposely going to market you to the next level, the next tier, the next thing, um, because that's how they get you. And that's yep. fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, it's business and, and, and it's psychology and so on and so forth. But we get caught up in that. Yes. We, human beings. And technology, it doesn't help. It actually makes it easier for us to be more manipulated and seduced by it. And so what's, you know, the whole concept of mindfulness and, and, and mindful breathing has become more and more popular. And I'm glad. But yet, once again, it's almost become um, a tagline, like a Groupon, like here are mindfulness lessons, 10 <laughs> lessons for $5. Right. And, and, and we laugh, but, but unfortunately that is kind of the world we're living in yes. right now. Right. And so some of these powerful things are getting diluted. And as a result, we just assume, well, you know what Mark or Josh said to do this, I'm going to try it. Okay. You could try it. But did you read the disclaimer below the trying part, which said, <laughs> Hey, one size does not fit all. Absolutely. And that's the part that keeps me up at night as a parent, as a practitioner, uh, as a learner, as a student, you know, we, we live in a world where it's grande vente, <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. we, you could, you could map out people's futures based on the size of Starbucks, uh, cups sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's not necessarily a good thing. And when it comes to, Hey, Tony Robbins said that I should, you know, shut the F up and, and, you know, grow up. Right. Cause he's known for being very boisterous and, and yes. very bold. That's his thing. Yes. That's his style. I've seen other, uh, motivational speakers. Um, and I know, you know, I, cause I know where they're, they're following Zig Ziglar or, or, you know, Brian Tracy or whatever. They're, they're trying to emulate somebody else. And this is all about doing versus being exactly. right. Exactly. Um, and I see this a lot as a coach, you know, when I'm called into work, especially with like, uh, executives or CEOs or, or, or even athletes for, uh, this is very common actually in the professional sports world, you know, because you've got athletes that say, Hey, I want to, I'm, uh, I want to be like the next Jordan, right. Or I want to be like the next, you know, whoever it is. And okay, that's great to aspirationally want to be like that. Maybe even, and it's inspiring, but are you the same height? Are you the same skill set, right? <laughs> I mean, you have to play to your strengths. And so it's easy for people to just do it, right? I'm just going to go do the, I'm going to do the workshop and hope that my productivity changes. I'm going to go just do what Mark or Josh said because it's on the podcast. Mm -hmm. No, no, don't. Actually, don't do it. Listen to it. Let it sink in. And then what I would, I would invite and challenge every listener is to not do it Go, go be with it. Mm. So what does that mean? It's not an action to take. It's a go sit with the, the statement. Go sit with this conversation. Go sit with this podcast. Be with what shows up. And we can't, we're not good at that. As human beings, it's kind of ironic because we are human beings. Yes. Not human doings. You know what Yet I find it? Really that. Yeah. You know, you know what I find interesting is one of the things I encourage my listeners to do is not to be a passive listener. So but what they do is they listen, they go, wow, that was a great interview. Lots of value. What's not, what's next on my podcast player? They don't stop at what you said. They don't stop and say, I mean, cause there's a lot here. Don't get me wrong. You've given tons of, we could stop the podcast right now and they've got tons of value. Don't try to do everything Joshua is telling you to do. Pick one thing that resonates with you. Just one thing. It could be a small thing, but let's face it, Joshua, if they're stuck, that one little thing could get them moving. And I think a lot of people say they need the major movement. No, you don't. Look at a steam locomotive. 
in a steam locomotive, those of you who don't know what that is because you're too young, go Google it. When it starts out, it goes really slow. But when it's going full speed, you can't stop it. What you need to do is get started. So don't look for that big, huge moment. Sometimes it's just a little thing. You agree with that? Oh, absolutely. It's the old adage of the one degree of water is the difference between softening potatoes and hardening an egg. Right. Right. People want the quick fix. I agree with you 100%, by the way. People want the quick fix. They don't want to spend the time. They don't want to do the work. And I'm not I'm not talking about millennials. I'm talking about I'm talking about baby boomers. I'm talking about all generations. <laughs> yes. And again, this is just more of a, a a result of the world and society we live in and technology and so on and so forth. You know, people don't are not you know, there's a, there's a, there's a phrase I use a lot. Um, it, it's a critical time to be thinking critically. And I really like it because if you think about that statement, it's, it resonates. Yeah. That's, when, I, I'm, I'm all around my brain right now it is a critical time to be thinking critically. I mean, think about that listeners. Think about what that says. Take a moment, pause the podcast and, and say that out loud. It's a critical time to think critically. Cause I think a lot of people were busy. I'm using air quotes here. This is an audio podcast. I'm using air quotes. Sure. We're not really busy. I mean, we're busy doing the mundane thing. We're not doing productive things. We're really busy checking Facebook and checking our email and responding on WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger. That's not being productive. And you need to stop every once in a while when you hear something profound and say, how does it apply to my life right this moment? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, there's nothing for me to say. I mean, you just said it. Yeah, yeah, if you if you're not taking those moments to really check in with yourself, and I and this is not about checking in with your head, right? We're all experts intellectually in our own right. It's checking in with your heart. We don't spend any time downstairs because everybody wants to be at the top. Mm-hmm. They want to be at the suite. They want to be in the corner office. And everyone has it that, well, the elevator to the, you know, to success, I got to, is up. And I always <laughs> joke around. I said that, no, actually, consider it's at the bottom. Yes. What if the elevator dropped? You'd be okay. You'd land in your heart. Mm. That's a good, safe place to be. And yes. that is where the being comes from. And I love what you said. It's that, you know, stop, pause, listen. What, what, what reaction are you having in your body, in your mind, in your heart? I, I, I really believe that we have to take the time and start asking ourselves more questions, different questions, better questions, and get curious. We're not curious anymore, Mark. No, we're not. And I, and I would tell you, especially being curiosity, uh, curious, if this is a video podcast, my listeners will see, I've got so many notes that you're, that you're giving me a question <laughs> I want to follow up to you, but you keep giving so much value. I'm trying to figure out when I can get in, get it at word. That's why. So, um, so a couple of things I want to say. First of all, there's a saying, I'm probably dating myself to the millennials, but they used to say, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Now they don't mean it in the terms of productivity, but I think that saying has a lot to what you just say. Hey, before your career and your life crashes, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. So I wanted to say that. Um, when people say to me, oh, Mark, that was awesome. Man, man, your podcast with Josh Miller was awesome. And I used to go, thank you. Now, like, now I say, what are you going to do about it? And they're like, what do you mean? Well, thank you for the compliment. But Joshua and I didn't get on the podcast for you know, almost an hour just because we had nothing better to do to that, that day. 
We want you to do action. What are you going to do with this information, listener? What are you going to do? You just go, oh, John, I'm a fan of Joshua and Mark. This is a great podcast. We don't want that. We want you to go do something. I know your heart, Joshua. I know you want people not just to listen to this podcast and move on to the next thing. You want them to do something. And you've given them so much value in the time we've been on this podcast. I really hope the listeners do something with what you said. And like I said before, just one thing, because if you look at the most, I'm a, I'm a student of successful people. You sure. know what the successful people do? They spend a lot of time, what you said, self-improvement. Okay. Yeah. They read a lot. They go to conferences. They, they join Facebook groups. They engage with other people. They don't think they have all the answers. And if you look at the people who are like, Oh, wish I could have the money Mark Zuckerberg did. Well, Mark Zuckerberg, first of all, doesn't work nine to five Monday through Friday. He's busting, busting his butt for 20 years to get create Facebook. If you want the wealth, if you want the millions and billions, you can't work 40 hours a week and you can't be on email or YouTube or Facebook all day. You've got to go do something. So uh, yeah. speak about that. Well, first of all, um, check yourself before you wreck yourself is a quote from Ice Cube. And if I, oh, really? if, I if I believe <laughs> it's probably from 1992. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. so, you know, I, I may have well, you may have, you may have not, but the thing is, is that, um, you know, I, uh, I grew up, most people don't realize this cause they see me and they don't know that, but you know, being a product of New York city, I grew up there for 40 plus years and, uh, uh the music I grew up with was, was hip hop and rap music, hip hop, the culture rap, the music. And so when you say that quote, I'm thinking, wow, Mark, Mark knows his hip hop, you know, that's, <laughs> that's pretty legit. So um, well, I'll tell you this, Joshua. I have a 20 year old daughter and about two years ago, her generation, she's a millennial, would say that all the time. I did not know it was from a rap song from 1992. Yeah. I thought it was something the kids made up, the millennial. So there oh. just shows you how much I know about rap music. <laughs> well, you know what? It's interesting though, because if you want to tie this back to what we're talking about, you, you, you know, about success and, and, and I'll go back to the, to the question in a moment, but, um, you know, I, so successful people, right? <clears throat> I agree with you. They're constant learners. Um, I always joke around that, you know, successful people are like that infomercial, the sham wow, <laughs> that thing that just sucks up everything. Um, you don't know how they do it. It just does it. But here's what I've learned in working with more and more high level net worth CEOs types of people is, again, they're CEOs that do CEO. And then they're ones that are being CEO. And I'll explain the difference in a moment. It's not about hustle and grind and flash. And, and I don't care if you're a 25-year-old CEO or a 65-year-old CEO. You can go and check the boxes. Well, I have an executive coach. Yes, I went to a seminar. Yes, I'm reading Ray Dalio's book. Yes, I, you know, I, I, I'm part of Gary Vaynerchuk's mastermind group or whatever, right? Those are all great things. But again, as you had mentioned, if you don't stop and pause and apply, stop pause and apply. Mm -hmm. What are you doing with your time? That's no different than a rocking chair, just moving, but not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to go back to what you had mentioned before, which is if someone's going to listen to this and they're going to, you know, there's walk away, walk away with, with one thing is to get more curious, to slow down, and to ask yourself, why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why did you decide to read X or, or watch Y? And then ultimately, how can you apply that? You know, um, where was I? I was at a concert um, with my wife. 
a couple months ago and um it was an amazing concert and everybody is holding up their phones recording it and at first i didn't even at first i didn't even care until the person standing in front of me who happened to be taller than me and then you know add insult to injury is now holding up a phone and we're not talking like you know a little iphone we're talking like a galaxy 10.7 note it's might as well just held up a tv screen <laughs> you know it, it's we're on the floor and we're trying to watch the 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 band and this is U2 and and we love U2 and you know it's just like an amazing experience and there was a moment where i just totally got overtly present to the fact that everyone's recording this like where are you right you know like what are you doing right now like you're in an amazing experience and you're watching it through your phone not just holding it up like watching it through your phone and it just kind of like wow it just it was like this moment but i want to go back to something um you know there's a there's a one of my favorite um quotes is that uh, knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit and wisdom is not putting it into a fruit salad <laughs> i love that right? we collapse knowledge and wisdom and this goes back to what i was just saying earlier is that a lot of people think that, well, I'm going to go do success. I'm going to go do hustle. I'm going to go do grind. I just listened to this, you know, uh, podcast and it's all about, you know, don't work at this job and, and go live with six people in a, in a one bedroom studio in New York city, because now's the time to do it. And, and there's inspiration and motivation in that. Don't get me wrong, but to check off boxes just to say you did it is not good enough. Mm. I would rather go and read one book and take away one powerful action from that book than read 10 books and have enough information to have a really cool cocktail conversation at a party with somebody. Right. I would rather be at that same party and say, hey, you know what? I just climbed, you know, Mount Kilimanjaro. Wow. How'd you do that? You know, I read this book. Mm. Book inspired me to take action. I would always rather be in the latter. Let me ask you this question. I, I believe that if you go out and buy a self-improvement book, you go to sure. the store, you download the book, and you read the book, and you don't apply anything, I mm -hmm. think you've wasted your time and your money. What Do you, you agree or disagree with that? I agree. All you've done is just, you know padded the pockets of somebody else exactly and so i tell and, people it's like yeah. before i don't mean to interrupt you but like when people say um like i help out with my youth group at church and and they say well i'm going to college now i'm 52 years young and back then you had to go to college when i graduated in 1983 from high school but yeah. now i'm like okay why if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer, yeah, you have to go to college. But if you want to be an app developer, you don't have to go to college because college for most people is nothing but a big collect, a debt collector. Okay. Big, yeah. you know, you go to debt. So I'm always asking these students, I'm like, what do you really want to do with the rest of your life? Do you really need to go to college? And I think more kids are starting to think about that because let's face it, back when I graduated high school, there was no internet. There was no cell phones or anything. Sure. Um, I went to compute. I got a, a bachelor's degree in applied computing. I don't use anything with my degree. <laughs> I, I'm a podcaster and a speaker now. And so I'd like you to talk about, do, do you think that people really need to step back and say, look at, do I really need to go to college to be successful? Yeah, I love this. I love this topic, by the way. Um, so, so I'm going to answer this in a couple of different, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, avenues. Um, so I'm a little younger than you, <laughs> 43. Uh, but 
when I was in college, um, my freshman year, there were no computers. Now I say that and I just completely aged myself a bit, but here, <laughs> here's why. So I went to school for graphic design. Um, and, uh, I grew up, my parents were both artists and, and actually everyone in my family were artists. I was never pushed into it. It's just, I was a creative kid. And so I gravitated to it and I went off to Syracuse to study communications design. And it was one of the most grueling programs and, and that I could ever have <laughs> not hoped for, you know, I'm better for it now, but the short version is, is that I went off to school, graduated, got my degree and went, r jumped right into to advertising and was fortunate and, and somewhat lucky and, and worked my way up really quick to become a VP at a global creative, uh, creative director at a global firm within like four or five years. But that was also right around the time where the internet uh, computers obviously were becoming more popular and the internet bubble or was starting to happen, right? Which is like the mid to late nineties. And lucky for me, you know, I got burnt out. I mean, really burnt out. I was soulless. I hated, I was making good money, but I was miserable. I had no sense of balance, life, purpose, passion, anything. And, and, and that's ultimately what springboarded me into coaching. But that's a different story. I want to go back to your question, which is really about, you know, the efficiency or effectiveness of having a degree. I, I think we're at a really, a really, we're at an inflection point in, in the world right now where you do have people who don't have degrees, who are wealthy, rich, successful. We're redefining what that looks like. And you've got a lot of big, uh, high profile people out there really being open about, hey, don't waste your money on going to school. I mean, these are people that are on TV, right? Mm -hmm. Don't do it. I didn't do it or don't do it. It's a trap. You know, then you have to pay off your debts and stuff. So I, I, I'm not avoiding answering it. I, I, I'm not sure what my opinion is. I think that instead of looking at it in terms of an either or, or opposition question, do I either have to get my degree or not? I would look at it from the, the, the lens or the, of what is it I want to be? What do I want to achieve? Right? And, and to say that you want to be rich is, is, is a no pass. That's too vague. And quite honestly, a lot of times when people talk about being rich, what they really want is to be wealthy. And there's a difference there too. Yes. Um, you know, Chris Rock once said, he, he said, he goes, you know, I'm rich. Shaquille O'Neal is wealthy, right? Like there's a difference between wealth yes. and being rich. But I think you have to look at what do you want to do? Like if someone told me I want to be a professional golfer, that's what I've done my whole life. That's what I want to do. I'm committed to it. I know that I may not make it and whatever. That's what I want to do. Great. Then don't go get a master's degree in clinical <laughs> psychology. Right? Yes. <clears throat> because here's the thing, going back to what I said before. Now, I have a degree in, in communications design. That's my, my undergraduate. Did I use it? Sure. Was it worth all the money and the pain and the hours and everything? Well, you could argue, well, you did well. Your career was short, but my career was shortened by choice because I realized my passion and purpose lied in helping people. Here's the thing. I did not know back then coaching even existed. I didn't know what coaching was. Hmm. If, if my, my career counselor in high school said, hey, Josh, you know, you should be a, a coach, I, I would have been open to, to understanding what that was. But I also went to uh, a, a, this private elitist high school in Manhattan where if you weren't an A-plus student – and you, you know, you weren't on track to go to Harvard, then you know what? It's like, nobody really cared about you. Mm -hmm. So I was a, a C plus student, B minus and any other school that would have been an A. But so I wasn't even given a lot of attention in terms of my career. Uh, I got that guidance from my parents. 
And so art was the thing for me that now fast forward, um, what I realized as I got into coaching, which then turned into more, uh, training and development and then true OD and learning and development and working with companies and organizations, I realized I was way out of my league and I had to go back to school. I had to get a degree and that's, I'll get to why this is important. So I went and I got my master's in leadership and organizational development. I went and got my master's in coaching and I went and got some certifications, some other stuff. Now, was that an investment worth making? Absolutely. 110%. So hindsight's 2020. Foresight is, I don't know, what, 4040? I don't know what the <laughs> word expression is. But, you know, I think you have to look at what is it you want to do and what's going to help you get there. Because for me, as soon as I knew that my, my future life, my purpose on this planet is to help and develop people and, and, and to the greatest version of themselves and coaching is the catalyst, the, the foundation for me. And then I have to learn all these other things, right? I got to go learn, you know, it's one thing to watch a movie that takes place in Spain. That's great. It's inspiring. You may even want to go take a trip there, but if you want to go live there, you better learn the language. You right. better go get passport and you better go do all those other things. And that's my point is that if you're in the conversation of figuring out what you want to do, don't immediately jump into because everyone else has a degree or a master's or this, that, and the other thing. Ask yourself, take the time. Like, where do I want to be in five years, 10 years? Right. Do some research. It may be when you study the people that you emulate, they took all organic alternate paths. I think there's a I don't know what the statistic is, Mark, but you know, people are usually have three careers in their life or something like that. And if that's the case, then God, I'm, 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 I can't imagine what my third career is going to be you know, <laughs> if I'm on my second one. So it's a long-winded answer to, instead of uh, looking at things black and white, hang out in the gray area and ask yourself, what, what do I want to do? What do I want to be? That, that, that's so important because uh, before I give my thought, I want to tell you that when I was in school back in the 80s, when you said you want to be a coach, people thought sports. There was no personal development coaching. Like, coach, what, baseball, lacrosse? What do you want to coach? So uh, there is that. But I will tell people, I'm a big fan of Napoleon Hill. I actually had Ben Gay the third on one of my episodes, and he actually met the man. Um, Napoleon Hill wrote in Think Grow Rich that you don't, most people don't figure out what they want to do the rest of their life until they're 50. So if you're less than 50 and you're like, I don't know what I want to do. You still got time. You're still breathing. Where can we find you online? Sure. Um, well, you can find me on LinkedIn, of course. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to connect with people there. I will uh, be open about the fact I can no longer accept any more connections, uh, but I can uh, join the conversation and, and follow each other through that. Um, and then, of course, on my website, which is uh, joshhmiller.com. Don't forget the middle the middle H is very important because if you go to joshmiller.com, uh, you will be deeply, uh, disappointed. Um, cause it's, it's, it's not me and you'll see that very quickly. Uh, and then you can find me on, uh, Instagram at, um, at, at coach Josh Miller and, and on, uh, at Twitter at coach, uh, JHM. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchowski Insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.